Welcome. You're listening to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprises throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour radio program recorded weekly at WJR in Detroit. During the spring and summer of 2015, only the second hour of our show, which features listeners' questions, is heard live each week from 5 to 6 p.m. every Saturday on WJR 760 a.m. in Detroit. However, both hours of this show are available each week on this podcast and are available to all of our affiliates across the state of Michigan. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor Podcast. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the program, uh, refreshed back from a vacation up north and with a renewed passion for getting internet connections out to all of the citizens of the state of Michigan, since I did suffer a little bit from withdrawal this last week. We'll talk about that and a very serious digital divide that is growing in our fair state of Michigan. Stay tuned for that on the Internet Advisor. Well, once again, welcome to this podcast of the Internet Advisor. A two-hour show, by the way, and a second hour is live on WJR. We'll be joining our listeners in a little bit. But right now, I would like to welcome my crew in studio here, Mr. Gary Baker, the man who brings the birthday cakes. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) This is, uh, you know, you got to celebrate everyone at this this age. Oh, you're right. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm I'm hanging onto this one probably a little more tightly because it's the last one of my 60s. So I'm just going to kind of I wasn't. Grip it, you notice the cake, and people will notice that because it's on the website. I uh, did not put a number. Thank you I very much. I wanted to make sure that uh, <laughs> I didn't put the numbers, but you gave it away. So. Uh, that's quite all right. I don't mind that at all. I'm very thankful to still be around. And somebody else who's thankful to still be around is Mr. Cal Carson. You know, the question I really wanted to ask Gary was, what is this age? <laughs> and, and and have I made it there yet? I thought, I thought you were going to remind him that he had one of these last year about the same time. Oh, no, I would never bring up something <laughs> so redundant. <laughs> and Mr. Shane is with us as well. Hey, How Foster. you doing, Shane? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Good to have you in studio with us. Yeah. Did I, you drive down here in your classic? Uh, you know what? I did not. It's <gasps> a little warm for the top to go down today. Oh, it is a little bit warm. It's a little warm. Plus, no air conditioning in an older car, so... And, and it, when it gets hot, it doesn't like to run very well. It's a great time oh, to have yeah. a convertible. Are you kidding you me? Know, what is this? Uh, you, you'll see those. And it's a classic convertible. Oh, what, what exactly is your classic? <laughs> it's a, well, it's not that old. Well, it's an, it's an 85, which is, you know, it's 30 yeah, years old. Yeah. Yeah. 85 Dodge 600, Chrysler 600 nice. convertible. It's old, but you know what? You'll find from these older car guys that... These cars don't like the heat very much. Mm, that's true. You know, I mean, uh, you go down yeah. to Woodward Dream Cruise, and you'll see they don't like to be stopped very often. Because as soon as they stop, 
clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> you know, they stall. You know, yeah. well, there, but there's a million people down there today from uh, yeah. all accounts. It so. is busy. That is this amazing. is part of the, the Woodward Dream Cruise is going on right now. I well, I, you know, um, what I would like to do, guys, is kind of just jump with both feet into a topic for today. Uh, this last week, I was up north, uh, and Gary, like you, and I think when we go on vacation, being out of connection. It's a good thing sometimes. It's a good thing yeah, sometimes. off the grid. That's Especially I, for those of us who live on the connections. Uh, but this time, this year, something really got under my saddle. <laughs> um, I went up uh, into the Gladwin area, mm-hmm. and um, what had happened was two things were different from the last time I was up there. One was that our favorite little watering hole, which was a coffee shop up there that had great access to the internet called Northern Exposure, had closed. At the end and of April. It took its internet exposure with it. It eh? took its internet exposure <laughs> with it, leaving either the city library or um, uh, a very nice motel, hotel, restaurant complex down there open with a good, solid, high-speed internet connection. Okay, mm-hmm. So you could do your work when you needed to do your work. And I needed and to were, do that. And there were a couple times when you and I were coming... Come, you know, going back and forth, communicating, and yep. I would send something to you, and then I wouldn't hear anything for a while, <laughs> which is unusual. And yeah. I knew that you yeah. went back and were playing, and then got back into town. And, yep. and well, and, and that was just it. And so there was one less connection there. And then on top of that, um, E Journey, which is the ISP that owns uh, the, ma- the main um, hotspots mm-hmm. around town cut off the hot spot that was near us. Really? And when I Why? asked them about it, they said it because it was interfering with the rest of their customers. Okay, that's a mm. business decision, I guess I can understand. But it meant that those of us who were vacationing had no way of connecting where we were. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put a Except, bookmark. Wait a minute, wait a minute. One more, <laughs> one more factor in this. I'm an AT&T customer. Yeah. And if you are outstate in Michigan, you are out of luck in a lot of places if you're an AT&T customer. Upstate. 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 Because, for instance, in Gladwin, Mm -hmm. and I I spoke to some folks up there, everybody's on Verizon because that's the way to connect. Now, through that telecom, you can connect to the Internet, and you can connect Mm -hmm. very well. But I'm an AT&T. So I was like three strikes, and I was out. So what I want to do in this first section of our program today is to talk about what I think is a very real issue, and that is that in some areas of our state, things are not getting better. They're really actually getting worse. And somebody used the term digital desert to describe some of these areas, some areas in Michigan. And that's not all of them, and I'm not blaming anyone in particular. Mm-hmm. And and to help us take a look at this, uh, I've invited Kevin Shane to be with us. Kevin is the CEO of um, an ISP called ACD.net. And Kevin, uh, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Thank you very much for being with us. Hey, nice to talk to you. Kevin, I, you may have heard a little bit of that preamble that I gave when I was up in Gladwin on my vacation this last week and finding that in three instances I had a whole lot less connection than I had before. But somebody I was talking to uh, recently talked about the fact that there are areas in Michigan which actually are kind of digital deserts where there is less or very, very little connection, high-speed connection to the Internet. Is that overblowing things? No, not at all. I mean, the uh, internet is uh, so important to people now, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times there's very slow speed connections mm-hmm. on uh, older cellular networks, three G and two G. But uh, you know, for for things people need to do nowadays, there's definitely huge, huge deserts. There's even areas that have absolutely no broadband still in Michigan. And I, I the reason that that strikes me as a very critical point, guys, is that 
we talk about the recovery and you know the economic recovery in the state mm-hmm. of Michigan, and uh, the internet is a big part of that. That's and right. especially connecting high speed to the yeah. internet is a big part of that. Well, and when you think about it, um, when you're in rural areas, you can you can live in a rural area and have a very decent job if you have connection to broadband. If you don't have connection to broadband, jobs are less um, are, are more limited. And less that fewer. is my concern. As a matter of fact, that's why I've asked Kevin to be with us. Because um, Kevin Shane's organization, the ACD.net, is, uh, is doing some things in areas of, of Michigan, like a state like Straboygan, Cadillac, some of those smaller outstate, upstate kind of cities. And Kevin, when we come back, I want to talk about a technology called DAS that you have been implementing in some of these cities and talk about how that's helping to bring high-speed internet to some of these areas and making them much more attractive for business. So, Kevin, we'll be back with you in just a moment as we continue with the Internet Advisor, breaking down the digital divide. Welcome back. My name is Foster Brown, co-host and producer of the program, Gary Baker. Cal Carson and Shane Hamlin are in studio. And we also have online with us uh, Kevin Shane, who is the CEO of ACD.net. And uh, you're based in Lansing, am I right, Kev? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. But you also serve a lot of communities throughout the state of Michigan. Oh, definitely, yep. We're in a a whole bunch of small towns as well as the uh, big cities, mostly everything outside of Metro Detroit. Okay. One of the reasons, folks, and guys, that I brought this subject up is coming back from Gladwin, which is kind of in the center of our state, um, but we would call it upstate or outstate for us. Um, one of the things you notice in smaller areas like that, they're beautiful. They're vacation capitals. We, I, I was sitting on a riverbank most of the week, just loving it and absorbing the beauty out there. But they're also really hard hit economically. And one of the things that get made me very sad this last time I was up there was to see the, um, the access to the Internet shrinking rather than growing in this poor area of Michigan. And Kevin, my my impression is, and, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, that this is not unusual for a lot of these smaller communities in outstate Michigan. No, not at all. I mean, uh, broadband access, especially in areas uh, where lower population density is, mm-hmm. it's just uh, more expensive uh, and, and there's less uh, customers per mile to uh, uh, cover the cost of this infrastructure. Exactly. Kel. So uh, I, two questions I have for you, uh, Shane. Uh, number one is, what does ACD stand for? And second of all, is it your quest as far or mission as far as your company is to fill in all these, quote, digital deserts that Foster is speaking about? Well, we're uh, doing our part to try and fill, the, fill in as many holes as possible. Uh, ACD uh, builds fiber uh and we're putting fiber rings in uh, various cities, like we just completed a, a project in Alpena. Um, we did uh, a fiber ring in uh, Sheboygan, and uh, we did some other ones in, like, uh, Hastings, uh, and we have one planned for Boeing City as well as uh, uh, Cadillac. So, mm. so, so how is it that a smaller, co- and I'm assuming because I don't know that much about you yet, uh, a smaller company like you can afford to put this stuff in where the bigger companies are saying, eh, you know something, we're not going to get enough customers out of the deal, we're going to ignore them. Well, uh, what's really helping to drive the implementation of these fiber networks is 
Uh, a lot of times we partner with the local municipalities, but also the cellular carriers uh, need to uh, expand uh, their coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cell towers that are out there are evolving to these new uh, small cells or distributed antenna systems. So rather than the antennas going on uh, big giant towers, they're going on to light poles and uh, power poles. And each one of those antennas needs fiber uh uh, driven back to the core network, and uh, that helps get uh, fiber up and down uh, every third or fourth street in some of these smaller communities. So mm. rather than putting a new big tower in, they want to put these distributed antennas across these uh, municipalities. So we finally have, it sounds like we've got kind of a synergy going there, Cal. It sounds like the Pony Express of the Internet. These guys, <laughs> the smaller guys are out there delivering the the packets out to the you know to the masses in the areas where they couldn't be reached before. You know, it's it's a shame too because somebody like me that's in the technology field, you know, whether it be support or websites and things that I do, that goes. You know, I can never move anywhere outside of the you know metro area because there you go. I wouldn't have any work. I couldn't do anything. You know, and and that prevents me from ever living in those kind of beautiful areas in yep. the state of Michigan. Kevin Shane, I want to tell a little story, and I, I this is a repeat of one that I did a couple of years ago. I think you guys may remember. I came back from Gladwin, and I had been in the little coffee shop that had a great you know, mm-hmm. high-speed internet connection. It was called Northern Exposure, uh, which has just sub- subsequently shut down. But I was sitting there with a guy who was from outstate. Um, I, I forget where he was. He was vacationing in the area, loved the area, was about to retire, and he said, I would love to come to this area and, uh, you know, and completely uh, winterize my home, my little cabin up there so I can stay there all year long because he loved winter sports as well mm-hmm. as the beauty of, that we have really all year long here in Michigan, he said, but I can't, I cannot get the high-speed internet connection that I need to be able to continue my business, my work. And I thought, oh, Kevin Shane, it's too bad we don't have this technology there because he was looking forward to really making Gladwin, in this particular case, his home, but couldn't do it because the connection wasn't there. It's not only a problem for people that are looking to uh, migrate in, it's a big issue for uh Young young kids at these uh, high schools and yep. and community colleges that are uh, leaving and going to the big cities yep. uh, just because you know better broadband is is something they experience on these university campuses and uh, you know so much of today's uh, education is becoming online and uh, so it's uh, an incredible issue that uh, you know needs to uh, be looked at a little more I think so Kevin Mishnet uh, you know puts connectivity into all of the schools in Michigan. Um, is so there's connectivity there. Is this keeping kids close to those um, those schools or the community colleges and and whatever around Michigan? Um, they can't get it at home, so they have to go to to school to get connectivity. Is that what's going on? Yeah, and uh, uh, Merrick, for example, builds uh, uh, infrastructure into uh, uh, you know libraries and and these mm-hmm. schools. But mm-hmm. you know the the question is. What what happens with the private sector? You know, a lot of times the private sector needs uh, a enough customers to be able to you know sure. kind of the backbone customers mm-hmm. uh, that help get the infrastructure there, and then slowly but surely they can expand that infrastructure to you know houses and smaller apartment buildings and you know new mm-hmm. condos that are going in there. Uh, you know, one of the challenges we constantly run into in in uh, uh, Communities and it's not with all of them. It's it's just occasionally some of them. It's just uh, uh, trying to get permits turned around quickly, 
you know, time is money, and it's very, uh, you know, we're building the infrastructure where the communities are, are eager to work with companies yes. and, and turn around the permits. But like all of us, we have to put stuff in the ground, and we have mm-hmm. to put it in the air, and we have to put stuff on poles. And, and uh, you know, inevitably, we're going to be messing up people's, uh, you know, uh, grass near the front yard. <laughs> and Small if it takes, breaks. you know, in and that's just the nature of the the game, you know, and sure. uh, people get very concerned about that stuff. Uh, you know, the key thing is, is governments need to be very, very responsive and get back to us quickly. Uh, because if we have projects lingering for, you know, six months or a year, and we just can't get the permits to do it, it really kind of discourages us. And we go, we sure. put the money in where uh, we can get the permits in a few weeks or a month. And a lot of it's just rapid communication back and forth. So right? I'm hearing two things in Kevin Shane. Are, are you going to say something, Shane? No, no, I was just wondering, you know, you talk about going to these smaller communities and putting these, you know, the, it, it, attaching things to the poles and in the ground and tearing up people's grass. You know, for somebody who lives in, say, Gladwin, mm-hmm. you know, what what would be like something like one of the steps of, do they contact you? How do you determine where you go next? Good question. Uh, yeah, really where we go next is really comes down to uh, municipalities that have their ordinances and code well-defined. Mm-hmm. And really the first thing we do when we look at uh, expanding in the market is we pull up their ordinances and uh, code. Yeah. And we look at it and we try to, you know, because ultimately when we su- we, we uh, submit permits, we're going to go through zoning boards and we're going to go through sure. other uh, type of governmental entities that want to review the type of infrastructure we're putting in and where we're putting it in. And that's the biggest thing is we look at the quality of their ordinances and code. And then usually the next step is we either call the political establishment or the economic development mm-hmm. people. And, uh, you know, so the more savvy those folks are on uh, mm-hmm. the need for broadband, the more likely we are to come there. Ke- we're talking and with when- Ke- Kevin Shane. Excuse me just a second. I want to let people know where, who we're talking to. Kevin Shane is the CEO of ACD.net. And those folks have been involved in putting uh, high-speed Internet into especially giganet, uh, gigabit uh, supported internet into places like Alpena and Sheboygan and Hastings and there's a project in Boyne City coming. Kevin, when we come back in a second, I want to talk a little bit more about this um, and, and you, you mentioned well-defined code and I want to talk about that, that a little more about what some of the it sounds like the political barriers are almost the biggest ones out there and uh, we'll continue that conversation about getting the digital divide crossed and X'd out. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown. And you may be wondering, why am I tackling this subject of, you know, bridging the digital divide and and getting rid of these digital deserts around our outstate mission? Because a lot of you folks who are our listeners have talked to us about the problems you have of hearing us or getting connected to the Internet and staying connected. And there are some areas of our state, especially, for instance, below I-94 heading down towards the Ohio border that are kind of like a literally a digital desert. You can't get a signal period down there. And um, I'm delighted to have with us right now Kevin Shane. He is the CEO of ACD.net. And we've been talking about um, some steps that they have been making to put um, something called DAS, Distributed Antenna Systems, into cities like uh, Cadillac and um, Alpena and Sheboygan and Hastings. And they've got projects in Boyne City that are going to be going in Boyne City soon. Kevin, thank you again so much for being with us here on the Internet Advisor. Yeah, definitely. Nice to be here. Yeah. And Kevin, why did you do this? I mean, how how can you do this? This is kind of a risky thing of diving into this type of thing and and hoping that it works. 
Well, everybody's going to need broadband, uh, you know, really, really high speed someday. So, you know, we're we're taking kind of the uh, forward long-term investment. Mm-hmm. And we want to be there before uh, uh, any of the big guys get there as well, too, <laughs> you know. So uh, I, I think the big guys are focusing on buying, uh, you know, satellite TV companies and TV, yep. uh, you, know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, things like that, right? Now, you mentioned before that you have found some cooperation out there growing with the cellular companies, am I right? That- True. So, yeah. So, uh, one of our customers, uh, a couple of our customers, are the big cell companies, and they need to expand their cellular capacity, and they need uh, fiber to uh, go to these small uh, antennas, which are distributed across the municipality. And they're not like the big towers; they're mm-hmm. uh, they go onto light poles and and utility poles, and mm-hmm. they're only twenty or thirty feet in the air. And you string uh, fiber between them, right? Yeah, that's correct. And, and that, uh, we, in, we install the antennas and we string fiber and we help operate them as well. Okay, okay. And you've had the success now, as I mentioned, Sheboygan, um, Alpena, uh, Hastings. What are some of the other cities that you've gotten into? Oh, we built it in uh, built in Jackson. We've also okay. built in uh, Kalamazoo and some of those other cities. And we also built in uh, Albion as well, mm. uh, Midland, and we we have a project pending for Cadillac as well as uh, uh, Gaylord too. You know, it sounds like you folks are picking up steam. Am I correct in, in that assessment? Oh, definitely. Yep, yep. Um, boy, boy, we've got about uh, uh, 120 people working for us now, and over half of them are uh, doing fiber engineering or uh, uh, you know permitting and those types of things. I, I imagine permitting has got to be a big part of this too, because it seems like yeah, you got to know the technology, but you got to gain all access to all the right of ways. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, there's a lot of overriding uh, state laws which define these in general, but uh, you know some of the permitting is not as uh, refined and cut and dried as we like at the local level. What what does that mean in practical terms? For let's say I live in guys, pick a city. Any city that uh, maybe want to... Well, I say I live in Gladwin. What does it mean to me to, to get your services into Gladwin? What does that mean? Well, the big... Uh, it really increases cost, right? And and so permitting people, if if they've got to do a whole lot of interaction... Our, our biggest cost in building these networks is, is the labor, and probably half of it is just in the permitting and design and engineering. Wow. Fiber cable doesn't actually cost that much. It's the cost uh, of the labor and all the people and all the uh, engineers and, uh, mm-hmm. and technicians and stuff like that. So uh, a big factor we look at is is how cooperative our communities. Do they turn around permits in three months or does it take a year? Mm. And, um, you know, we know this is new stuff. So a lot of a lot of times when we work with governmental people, uh, you know, they, they have a, uh, you know, less informed uh, Understanding of how important broadband is to their constituents, but they've got right? to be—they've got—they got to be seeing, for instance, in Gladwin, that this is a community that is graying out, uh, and, and this was coming from people I was talking to there. It's an older population; it's a poorer population. Uh, there's there's not a lot of economic activity going on around there, and this would be an enormous shot in the arm, I would imagine, to the community. Uh, what does it take to catch the imagination of a community? Because it sounds like, you know, the governor certainly is behind it. Oh, yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of it's just uh, education and more education and, uh, you know, um, understanding that people need to be flexible. You know, one of the one of the groups of people that are super high-tech 
our uh, our farmers. You know, they this mm-hmm. is a this is a technology business these days. You know, understanding your soil conditions and yep. and uh, weather conditions and and all of those things. Uh, you know, are are in, in all these tractors now have GPS uh, guidance yes. and control, and it, you, you know, farmers are extremely high tech these days, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, sometimes those those folks, you know, they're very much scientists, uh, farmers yep. these days. Yep. They got to understand everything, and uh, the internet is so critical to them as well. Yep, Cal, you wanted something? Yeah, Kevin, let me ask you this question. This is a different twist from a different angle entirely, <clears throat> because you're bringing the internet to places that normally don't or probably wouldn't have it. Is there any community saying, you know, we want to stay? pristine. We don't want the internet in there. Have you ever had anybody say they didn't want you to the bring Amish? it in? The Amish? Well, I, they never say that. Uh, you know, what, what they they have concerns about is uh, the manner and, you know, kind of the extra boxes and cabinets and those types of things that have to go on there. Now, none of this stuff is any bigger than a transformer that would be on yeah. any other utility pole, you yeah. know. Uh, but people get very, very concerned about, uh, you know, aesthetics and those types of things. Good and grief. we're always able to work through those things. We've got to make them... Gonna make them look like birdhouses. So it's back, do it's back to the old. <laughs> it's back to the old adage. Everybody wants the service, but nobody wants the look of the service. You know, it's like <laughs> make the cell tower look like a tree. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kevin, I want to touch on something quickly. I know you got to run, and, and we're getting to the end of our time here. But uh, this also applies to a very interesting uh, point, a very important point. And that's nine one one services are deeply affected by the kind of work you're doing. Yeah, sure. In these towns, they're all all these towns to market themselves. They have these festivals, and what happens is a whole lot of people come in for the you know Fourth of July festival sure. or or uh, you know the the concert thing. And and what that does on the cellular networks is really jack up the uh, uh, usage of those networks to the extent mm-hmm. that the cell networks were just engineered for the normal everyday you know population. But those festivals where you got thousands and thousands of extra people all taking pictures and sure. and uh, sending tweets and going on <laughs> Facebook and uh, wanting you know, to post on Facebook things. exactly yeah yeah and that's when that's when coverage really drops on the cellular network and and the cellular carriers are really really concerned because you know if grandma at home needs to make a 911 call or yep. there's remote heart rate monitors and home medical equipment that uses cellular technology uh, yes. you know they need to be able to have enough infrastructure to cover uh, in, in enough bandwidth to cover the peak loads, uh, mm-hmm. especially when those festivals are all summer long. Mm-hmm. And that distributed antenna service, the DAS, that you folks are putting in is a great way of handling that kind of a challenge. Right. And uh, actually, these when, when you do a speed test on your phone off of a traditional cell tower, mm-hmm. it's about 15, maybe 20 megabits at the very best. Mm-hmm. And uh, off of these DAS systems... Uh, the speeds are in the range of 50 to 150 megabits. Wow. Also, since your phone is very close to them and your tablets and your other mobile devices, your battery usage goes way down because mm. your your phone only needs to transmit a few thousand feet rather than a few, several miles. Yep. And we should say, folks, that this is connecting the fiber 
to you. This is the, this is the glass lines that are the high high speed right now, and it had the potential for even greater speeds. But that that's what you're connecting to with these distributed antenna systems, and uh, with people, for instance, wanting to watch Netflix and so much in terms of videos, or even uploading videos now as well, with things like Periscope and uh, Meerkat, well, uh, you know, where you can post video constantly. Uh, there's more and more demand all the time. And we've got to get these cities into the 21st century because uh, they really risk finding themselves isolated in a digital desert. And uh, I love this Gladwin area, and I hope that somehow somebody hears this and can crack into uh, Gladwin and get your services to them very soon. Kevin Shane, thank you so much for being with us. And I'm going to guess that if people want to find out more about ACDNet and how you folks can help them, uh, have you got an 800 number you can give us? Yeah, sure. It's one eight hundred four ACD net. Okay, one hundred four. The number four ACD net, and you can find out more about uh, how they can connect with your community. I know a lot of our affiliates are in uh, some beautiful areas of the state that are also on the ragged edge of a lot of these big systems. No, I'm just saying, please rescue all those Xbox Live guys up there who want to get their <laughs> game on, right? <laughs> that's exactly it. Thank you so much, Kevin, for being with us. Uh, Kevin Shane, and that's ACDNet. And uh, if you want to find out more, we'll have connections on our homepage as well. And thank you, Kevin. Have a great day. Well, guys, we're going to continue on in just a minute. It seems that it's alphabet soup time. <laughs> While I was away, something big changed. And will we no longer be Googling? We'll find out more about that when we return with the Internet Advisor in just a moment. Well, as you can see, I came back from my vacation refreshed and a little... Uh, <laughs> With a sharp tongue. <clears throat> it may have been because of my uh, my being uh, off of the high speed connection. That may have done it to me, Shane. That, that it does he good every once in a while. Luckily, I didn't have an Xbox. We're thinking about we're thinking about shutting our phone, like suspending our kids' phone service when we go to Petoskey. Not telling them, just say, "Oh, there must not be service out here," <laughs> just to keep them off the phone so they can enjoy themselves. That's true. Right? That is true. And and we enjoyed ourselves very well off the phones. Uh, we had to, because <laughs> we couldn't connect to AT&T right. where we yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, remember, oh, gee, let's see, what was it, uh, 12 years ago? The power went out. Uh, oh, yeah. Matter of fact, it was right this today, time. Today. Yeah. And, like, gee, you, you learned how to live, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, that's you true. started but, talking to your neighbors again. And my God. <laughs> you were all in the same problem. There was 10 the billion problem. barbecues all going at the same time because everybody had to cook the food before I actually, You know what? I actually enjoyed that. I mean, I really yes. did. It was, like, nice to unplug, get yep. the old lanterns out, the you know oil lanterns. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget um, back when the kids were young. Power went out in the house, couldn't do anything. We had the fire going, had candles, and the power went back on. <laughs> and everybody looked so disappointed. <laughs> turned all the lights off and, and slept in front yeah. of the fire that Okay, night. <laughs> okay. We all want to be Amish. Okay, okay. Well, for no, a no, day. No, it's no. like Queen for yeah, a day. For, for yeah, a day. For a day. You, for a day. You, you just want to be able to turn it off sometime. That's Absolutely. all it is. Absolutely. You don't necessarily have to be Amish, but you, you just want to no, be able to... No. You want to be able to unplug and walk away from and it. And yet, and yet, some of us, uh, I, for instance, I would have liked to have been able to watch Netflix because there is an, a variety of, of things to watch on TV there to relax with. I couldn't do it. They had a dish, but I didn't have that, that variety that I liked on, on Netflix. Wait, I can't then do Then why did you drive four hours north watch of Netflix. here to watch Netflix? Oh, come on. It was at night. 
Okay, That's I'm, what campfires are for. I'm, cra- I'm thinking of a great. <laughs> you know, you're, if it's you're raining. It's a little hard to have a campfire. You're up, point. You're <laughs> up there. You're up north. You're in a spot where there's no city lights or very little of it. Yes, you've got ten billion stars that you could be looking at. Listen, and I enjoyed them. I'm thinking of a great business opportunity here. You know, you have those companies that come out and bring out bounce houses and everything. The portable theater screens, instant travel Faraday cages. Cover your house and your instant blackout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, right? If you want to shut yeah, down for the weekend. Cage yeah. Cover. Yeah. Hey, guys, I've got to ask you about something that happened. Completely escaped me until Mr. Baker, I was talking to him when I got back, said, well, what do you think about Alphabet? And I said, huh? I mean, I use it. <laughs> Great soup. <laughs> Great soup. Beyond, yeah. beyond that, I didn't know what he was talking about. What is this business about Alphabet and Google? Um, I think people are starting to hear about it a lot more now because it's hitting the popular press. But... Google decided that it has so many different businesses, and I think there's 81 now different, or or something like that, Mm -hmm. different types of businesses all within the Google brand, but Google has really been about search, Mm -hmm. and they've just used it. So what they did was they put Alphabet together, and uh, and that is the parent company that uh, that's the umbrella for all of their different a- activities, and some of them are very very different, right? The Google X is all about the connected car, and there's want. Loon, that and project Loon, Loon with the balloons providing the that, internet. Connection. That's right, Calico, which is all about how do you extend life, right? How did oh, to enhance right. um, life in old age, and hey, so hey, there's all hey. sorts of things that they're doing. Wait, 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 wait! You mean I'll be units. able to go on my computer, go to Calico, click on that, and say I want to be 16 again, and bam, click, and no, 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 it goes no, the no. other way. It goes, yeah. <laughs> it, it. <laughs> it says that instead of dying at, at 89 today, you know, you can live to 120. Yeah, however long. And as they close can as I am to my birthday, I'd like to continue my 60s. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of companies. I didn't know there was that many companies. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Now, wow. some of them, Google's famous for allowing their uh, employees to come yes. up with a great idea, go out and. Market test to see if it works. They get something going. And you know what? If it's not something they're interested in, they'll either spin it off or more likely just close it down. So you don't know how many are really, you know, viable companies. Oh, it was like that barge that they had. Uh, there was a barge that they set up for their servers in San Francisco <laughs> Bay, and it didn't. I know. You know, some of them are crazy. But you know what? The people that work for Google are so energized because they get to go try stuff like this. They work really hard on the stuff that Google needs them to work on as well. So it's a, it's a great business model. It's a great way to treat your employees. And, so what do you think of and, the business? And they might come up with something cool. Well, so what do you think of this business model then of, of uh, stepping away from the kind of the mental identity of Google and going to Alphabet. Uh, that well, it's an, it, doesn't, me. it doesn't affect any of us, right? No. This is about how to raise money at the umbrella, the, the co- company parent level. It's uh. about how they um, treat the management so it doesn't all roll up to a Google management says, no, wait a minute, Google, we're, we're doing this now. Now Google can, can really focus on you know, the part of Google that makes Google Make money. That's still yeah. going to be their biggest uh, the, the poll in the tent, the, right? Google so. really needs to, to find a way to make some money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, it, it allows them to focus, yeah. right, and and yeah. report up to a holding company. So that's that's all. It's not a big deal. Explain that when they report to a holding company. What's what's the significance of that? Well, it's just. Um, you know, before, if you were at Calico, you reported into the management at Google, which was the search company. Oh, so I now gotcha. you report into 
the Umbrella mm-hmm. Organization, which is Alphabet, happens to be most of the same people. Mm-hmm. But now they can get out of the actual search business and start bringing more and more people in to do that, and they can run the holding company of all the different brands and all the. different In other words, if you come up with something, you have to go to the Jedi Council and see whether or not they'll allow you to use the Force. <laughs> but it's you know. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty much it's Google's company, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. all, it's all it's under all the owned, same. Yeah, it's all you owned by the same people. How old is Sergey Brin? And uh, who's his partner? Larry Page. Uh, Larry, Larry Page. Larry grew up here in Michigan, of course. That's right, yeah. Right? Uh, grew up in Okemos, uh, went to the University of Michigan. He actually took a class, uh, IOE 491, <laughs> that I taught the previous year. <laughs> if I had only taught it one more year, and you it could was- say you taught It was in Larry the College Page. of Engineering, but it was on entrepreneurship. Uh, and I could have, uh, you know, I'm sure that. <laughs> that he would have gone out to California- but when he wanted to start his company, he'd invite his old entrepreneurship professor to come help him. I'm, uh, that's my story. I'm, t- or, I'm sticking to it. Or we could not have Google today because he went to Gary's class. Yeah, and I told him, hey, what a dumb idea. Why would you ever do something like that, right? Yeah, he'd be sitting here next to us, right? <laughs> he'd be on the Internet Advisor talking about Lugal or something like that. Oh, my word. But to think, yeah, at, as, as young as they are, I think they're, what, they're early 40s maybe? Yeah, uh, so he was uh, 20. 22 in 91. So what does that make him? Well, probably yeah, 45, late, yeah. 46, yeah. 47. Yeah, mid-40s yeah. to yeah. Uh, You know, now incredible. that this makes Life. me want to go back and look, you know, J.P. Morgan, uh, Thomas Edison. How old were they when they were when they started cracking well, open things? Maybe about the same Do you same know what age? I find interesting about this? And I've, I've heard it said that, that many of these people like uh, Edison and, um, oh, uh, Einstein, et cetera, had some of their greatest inventions in the latter part of their lives. Okay. After, I think, from 50 on. Uh, and so it's interesting to think of like a Larry Page and a Sergey Brin, the two guys who founded Google. If they've had this much success before they get to 50, what in the world is going to happen after they cross that? Well, you know, when you think about it, um, Thomas Edison had success later in life because he had 10,000 different tries that failed That's before true. that, right? Right. That's true. So, uh, and he never called them failures. He just called, I found another way not to do it. <laughs> That's right. right. And, <laughs> and they happened to find a way to do it on their very first try. Yeah, and there's cool. so many Very of them. Very cool for them. So many of them have done it in their 20s. It's, right. I, I think that's part of what kind of boggles your mind. You wonder what's coming around the horizon for them. I guess maybe because I'm so close to the cake here or my birthday <laughs> that I'm thinking of that, you know, that uh, uh, the, the potential for even more now. And uh, that's just kind of a taste of what's coming around the corner, I guess. Well, folks, thank you very much for being here for this first hour of the Internet Advisor. And by the way, thank you for those of you who have come to our new website at internetadvisor.net and have made some comments. You're helping us to refine the website. Uh, one of them has been that the, having a hard time finding the download link for our podcast. It's at the very bottom of the page right now. I'm trying to get our folks at VC Web Design to help us to uh, remedy that by putting a bigger button near the top. And we're, we're working on things like that. But it's just a plea on my part that if you'll go to internetadvisor.net, take a look at our new webpage, and please make some comments. If you've got some suggestions, if there are things you'd like to see or things you'd like to see less of, please feel free to chime in there. And uh, we get those, and I respond to each and every one of them. Stay around for more. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, internetadvisor.net. That's where you'll find past podcasts, 
our toolkit of free software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, plus other resources. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact forum on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget, look for us on Facebook. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, where we're cruising along here, waiting for your questions. We're part of the great lineup of experts on the weekend here on WJR, the great voice of the Great Lakes. And our job is to answer your questions about your computers, about getting on the Internet, getting around it, and sometimes getting over the problems you find there. We've got a great group of experts here in studio, and our number is 800-859-0957. We're ready to answer your questions. Well, we're just cruising along here, as are a lot of other people out in the the heat here in uh, southeast Michigan with the Woodward Cruise going on. And I'm delighted to uh, welcome in studio here Mr. Gary Baker, who's been my partner for a lot of these many years. Gary, good to have you. And you know, every year about this time we celebrate your birthday. So happy birthday, Foster. Oh, thank you very Uh, much. And we have a photo on on the website, or we'll be on the website soon as soon as we get it posted. Uh, And uh, we're inviting all of our listening audience today to uh, help us uh, eat virtual cake. <laughs> <laughs> Let them eat virtual cake. Somebody else who has uh, dug into the virtual frosting with a, with real gusto. <laughs> matter of fact, he's getting a little bit of, As he of his, his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Cal Carson, good to have you here. It is wonderful to be here. And you know, folks, you're out there riding up and down Woodward and your cruisers and stuff like that in cars that did not have Wi-Fi and MiFi and all that <laughs> back when they were first built, but now they do because you have your cell phone with you. If you want to call in and say happy birthday to Foster <laughs> while you have a question you want to ask an internet advisor or even just tell us how great it is out on the Dream Cruise, now's the time to do such. That's right. And the man who is uh, driving here with this top down, we're talking about Mr. Shane Hamlin. Is hey, Foster. As well. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. So, folks, we got some real experts in here. Cal is our... Uh, he, features uh, the ability to talk about Apple computers and also about PCs. And um, Shane is somebody who, with his um, CompTech services out in Sterling Heights, is every day helping people to solve their problems with their computers. And what magic number would they call in to get get, get in line right now? Because we've got a couple of other things we want to do, too. That's right. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Before we get to by the way, we've got a lot of people. Hey, and thank you for doing that. This week, people are calling in early, and we will be able to get to them. (laughs) Just like Chicago. Call early, call often. (laughs) That's right. Before we get to them, however, let's say hello to Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of M. My Tech News. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Happy 39 there, Foster. <laughs> Thank you. Just 30 years short. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you out there cruising today, Mike, or have you uh, found some shade? No, I'm laying low. It's 90 degrees in Ann Arbor, and so I, I'm just sort of staying in the air conditioning. Uh, I think it's a wise place to be. Mike is the editor of MI Tech News, and by the way, that's a very special news service that we, and we co-sponsor a newsletter with him that is just, it just keeps on growing, that has got video resources now and all sorts of audio resources. But every week on Friday, and it's absolutely free to you folks who are listeners, uh, you'll receive all these headlines and other resources absolutely free if you simply go to mitechnews.com and put your email address in there or go to our homepage, 
internetadvisor.net, and you'll find a link there to Michigan Technology News, MI Tech News. Mike, let's look at a couple of the, a uh, few of the headlines there. Um, I noticed that there's a new platform for entrepreneurs that's uh, arrived to the state of Michigan. Well, it's michipreneur.com with a new uh, look and feel. Uh, Amanda uh-huh. Luan and her, and her team there uh, have uh, really uh, redesigned it. They've made it much more user-friendly. Uh, folks can uh, add uh, stories there. They can add uh, events, uh, you know, talk about job listings. Right. She's made, making it very interactive. And I know uh, on, supporting entrepreneurs is a very big part of what you do, yourself being an entrepreneur, for a serial entrepreneur for many years. But uh, you also have lots of resources for people who are entrepreneurs, want to find places to gather with other ones. Um, there's now a new video review software from our old friends at TechSmith. Yeah, out of Okemos, uh, they have something they call TechSmith Loop, and it's uh, the power of side-by-side video analysis. How is this used? Well, for instance, you can use it on the manufacturing assembly floor or the plant floor in healthcare emergencies, treatment centers, so you can see the before and after videos and see how things are going. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, TechSmith has been around for a long time, and Camtasia, am I right, was their big... Uh, develop, that was the big tool that they developed, I believe. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it was the ability to, to be able to, to clip things out of the web. This is early on and uh, annotate things. And we were very lucky early on to talk with the folks from TechSmith. Very proud of them out, out of Okemos. Um, maybe one final headline here. Baker College student team wins Capture the Flag Contest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the bad guys and the good guys battle each other, uh, you know, to see who can defeat one or the other. And uh, that's a traditional thing that uh, cybersecurity teams do. And so the Baker College of Jackson team defeated four corporate teams. Wow. Uh, it did really well with this. I mean, that's th- these are kids that really know how to hack, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and they do a good job with it. So. And they're using those skills. So there's all sorts of resources, folks, that you will find at MI Tech News. Everything from news about what's going on in technology throughout our state and the nation as well to opportunities for entrepreneurs. And if you're looking for venture capital, there's also some hints about how you can get in touch with people who have the money to make your particular dream come true if you're an entrepreneur. And again, all you simply do is go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, and look for the link to MI Tech News. Click on that, and you simply put in your email address, and free for nothing, you get all these resources, the information about what's going on, but also the other resources, audio resources, and now video resources that are being added on. It's an incredible resource that keeps on growing all the time. Mike, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Buster, and good luck with the show. Thank you so much, and have a great day out there. And we want to thank you folks who have already started calling in. Jay from Southfield and Harry and Terry and Linda, we're going to be getting to you in just a moment. As a matter of fact, we'll get to you after this break. If you'd like to give us a call and get in line, we've got some folks here who will answer your questions about your computer and getting on the Internet and getting around it as well. And that number is 800-859-0957. 800 859 859-0-WJR. That's the number to call. And we'll be back to start answering your questions in just a moment after these important messages. Welcome aboard. I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of The Internet Advisor. And without more ado, Cal and Shane, let's dig in here and see if we can start answering some folks' questions. We'll start with Jay from Southfield. Welcome to The Internet Advisor. Jay, how can we help you? 
Hi, Foster. Happy birthday to you. Thank and you. I love the program. Listen whenever I can. Thank um, you. I'm wondering if you guys know anything, if this is what I'm going to tell you about is a possible scam. Uh, I get a pop-up box. Wow. I, I go to some websites that I've been going to all along with no problem at all, and now all of a sudden I get this pop-up, and uh, it, uh, it says there is a .NET framework file missing due to some harmful virus. Hmm. Debug malware error 895-system32-exe failure. Please contact Microsoft technicians mm -hmm. to rectify the issue. Do not open Internet browser for your security uh, issue to avoid data corruption or your registry of your operating system. Please contact Microsoft technicians at toll-free 888-535-6933. Mm. And then it says, do not shut down or restart your computer. Doing that may lead to data loss and failure of oh, operating man. system. Oh, uh, they're pulling just about every chain that they can with that pop-up, aren't they, yeah. guys? Yeah, I mean, for, thankfully, the, the reason they don't want you to uh, restart your computer because that pop-up will go away and they won't be able to <laughs> get you back. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a pop-up. It's, you know, it's, some websites just have them, and depending on where you went on the Internet, uh, those things will pop up uh, occasionally. And it could be some malware yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. could be some uh, hijack, ransomware. Anytime they, they hijack your browser, yeah. You know, and I can almost guarantee you that if you had called that phone number, you had got sucked into something that is has oh, nothing sure. to do nothing to do with with Microsoft. So when when you see that, uh, Cal, what do you think of that? I mean, do you immediately uh, you know get out your antivirus program or you know malware bytes or combo fix and go after it? Yeah, I think that probably the first thing I would probably do is first of all I would shut down my browser and I would reboot my machine and I wouldn't go back to that particular website. Uh, I would, you know, pull up whatever malware uh, protection that I would want to use. In this particular case, I think we've pretty much settled on malware, malware bytes as being the choice start that with, we'd yeah. like to use with, or mm -hmm. at least to start with. I'd run that, and then I'd also run Combo Fix, uh, which is another uh, right. tool combo, that you use. Combo Six? No, no it's called get... Combo what? Fix, F-I-X. And it's in the toolkit. If you go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, um, uh, Eddie has put that together. It's free. And okay. uh, that combination, I have found at least, I think is a pretty potent one, right? Yep. Uh, it's like a little cocktail that will go out there. And 90% and, and of the time, it will get all of whatever is uh, in your system that shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. do, do you think there's something in the system that I got this pop-up? No, I think mm, I think no. what it is is that it's buried in a website, yeah. as Shane said, uh, and it could be a perfectly legitimate website. They just dumped it out there. And what it basically is, I think it's more to try to lure you into calling them yeah. so oh, that okay. they can get your credit right. card information. Right. Or even if they're not doing it for getting your credit card information, they are going to charge you a fee to go in and actually get rid of a pop-up that you could easily get rid of yourself. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't call because I figured if they had my number, then they'd keep calling me back uh, if yeah, I hung up yeah, on them. Yeah, You're correct. So, this is what's so called... I didn't want to call them. But yeah. I'll tell you what I did do to get rid of this thing. Tell me. Um, I always open a couple of windows, and I had another window where I was browsing in private. So I just switched over to that window... And then I just shut down the computer normally, and uh, I and I had no problem. I restarted the Good whole thing, and 
I'm I'm good to go. But I'm just wondering about this thing because it's popping up on some of these different websites yeah, that I usually yeah. go to with no problem. Well, the number one thing, the number one thing is you didn't call them. Yep. You didn't bite into their their scam. Uh, and you should be fine. Run a, run a quick cleaner on it, and you should be fine and ready to go. But at least you yeah. were conscious enough to not call, and that's the most important part. Big, big, yeah, and big I didn't, part of that. I didn't, I didn't go to the, they had an okay at the bottom, a little yeah. box, and yeah. an X on there. And I didn't click on either one of good those. Good I figured that might install something. That's, yeah. a, that's a very, very good point. You just shut it down and then go to your... Um, your antivirus program. Thanks so much for that, Jay. And I, that's a great way to start off to let people know these fishing expeditions are out there. And if you uh, you bite on them, and it requires that, requires yeah. you to bite on them to make them work. All right, let's go to Harry in Port Huron. Harry, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hey, fellas, um, I got a I really got a real good one for you here. I have a uh, friend, and all of his accounts have been hacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, a, and he's a businessman, mm-hmm. and. So the person that hacked his account got all of his passwords and hacked into everything. Ouch. He has asked me, and I'm wondering, I need to find somebody or some software or something that can get into his account so he can uh, update things. I don't. I really don't want to see him have to create a uh, hundred new accounts. Well, let me ask you: when you when you say accounts, are we talking say like Facebook? Everything, you Everything. Name it. yeah. Unfortunately, there's no magic software that does that because that's mm. that's a hack, right? Mm. You can use that to for good or evil. So there's no software out there that you should use. Unfortunately, the only thing you're going to be able to do is one at a time contact those particular agencies or companies to uh, follow their. There's instructions for if your account is hacked and how to resolve that. Unfortunately, it's not a fun process. Guys, do you uh, have you guys heard about Life Hacker? Is it Life Hacker? I believe Life Hack. Lifehack is like yeah. a company um, that claims that they can they can bring you back from this kind of thing. Have you guys? Well, yeah, there's there are some companies out there that cost money, but I mean, it's like once you've been hacked, it's like okay, you know, now what? I mean, this is uh-huh. after the fact. Yes, I, I, I know. I, Somebody's yeah. essentially stolen sure. your identity, sure, your digital gonna, identity. The problem is, uh, you're going to pay them to. How are they going to get that identity back when they're going to? I don't. I don't believe they can. I think I think that in itself might be a little unle- not legit. Okay. Because when you get a hold of Twitter or Facebook, or you know your bank or mm-hmm. game account or your Xbox Live account, mm-hmm. there's some procedures in place that are going to require you to answer some very personal questions in order to get control of that account back. Some of them can't you Cal, go to some of these ones and and say I, it looks like I've been hacked and they they will help you. Like individually, he could go to, let's say if it's Hotmail, he could go to Microsoft and see the, if they can the, help him? The only way he's going to get it fixed, like what Shane says, he's going to have to go to each of those individual yeah. account holders and ask and, and ask how the process works, yeah. and they'll ask him all the security questions that he set up initially yeah. so they can reset everything back to Unfor- what it Now, is. when you say he's like, like they've changed his passwords and everything, right? Yeah, they've, uh, they've gotten his passwords, and he doesn't have them. They stole the pages that uh, he had them on. He had yeah. them had them on pages, and they ripped them off. It sounds almost like that was a personal attack. Yeah. So a very yeah, targeted. Is it possible it was a tar- part targeted or personal attack that it wasn't a random attack that actually somebody was had it out for him? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, because that's usually what happens when when it's personal. Uh, random attacks like that, random you know hacks, they don't really go out to destroy you. They're, you know they've they've got some 
some information that they want, and uh, they're going to use it. They're not going to waste no. their time. They're, they're generally around. in there for a monetary gain. Yeah. As quick as they can get it. Where, sure. where just to mess up your I, I, your, your reputation, that sort of thing, yeah. uh, hackers don't do that. Looks like somebody wanted a personal vendetta. Has he gone to the police? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, because there are some police departments. Most do now. Have yeah, yeah. Most, most of them have mm-hmm. like a, a cyber unit. A cyber unit mm-hmm. that can help with these kind of things, and he might find some more uh, information there. I don't know personally of um, you know and steps you can take other than that. Yeah, there's no magic yeah. bullet. There really is. Unfortunately, Harry, there is no magic bullet for your friend, and I'm very sorry to hear that's happened. Terry and Dundee and Linda and Lincoln Park will be getting to you shortly. If you have a question for us here at the Internet Advisor, cruise on over to 800-859-0957. We're here for about a little more than a half an hour, and we'll have some more time to answer your questions. That's 800 859 And we'll be back to answer some more of your questions in just a moment. 800-859-0957. The Internet Advisor is on the air for you to help you with your questions. Thank you very much. And by the way, thanks to Shannon Maley and Eric Dorsch, who's back there helping us behind the glass to get things done. I appreciate you working with us there. 800-859-0957. Uh, We've got uh, Terry, Linda, and Brendan, and we'll be with you in just a second. I want to talk about something that came up in a conversation um, while we were waiting to get back online here that I think is really important, and and, Cal, I I would like you to talk to this. Um, I have an older computer, uh, pardon me, an older printer, uh, and I was having problems with it connecting to my my MacBook. And one of the things you mentioned uh, that I had not thought of is that it is not connecting at, at perhaps even N wirelessly. There's A, B, G, N, and A, C now in terms of the wireless connect, uh, the wireless protocols. This one probably only maybe got up to G, maybe got up to G, because it's an older uh, HP wireless printer. Which is just a mirror 2003 when it was <laughs> new. Exactly, exactly. But what you were saying, and I didn't realize this is, that your wireless system will slow down to the oldest? It's going to slow down to the lowest speed protocol that's on the network at that time. So if you're in the house and you've got your MacBook Pro Mm -hmm. and it's relatively new Mm -hmm. and your wife's got her Surface and it's relatively new and both of them are probably running on in-band. Sure. And your phone is probably running on in-band, so Mm -hmm. your iPhone's like that. And then you have this printer sitting over there running wirelessly that's running at G, which is slower than the rest of the guys. Well, your router is going to say, I can only go as fast as the slowest guy in the wow. room. So it's going to throttle your entire network the down whole network to the G. Down. Because if it was up running fast, the, the printer wouldn't be able to play. That is fascinating. So, that, folks, I just wanted you to, uh, Cal, to say that for you folks to hear, that your system will slow down to the slowest connectivity speed yeah. connected so, to it. So to the joy of parents out there, if you've been buying your iPhone or your Android phone, and when it was old and you got the newer one and you passed the older one down to your kids, your kid's phone is slowing your network down <laughs> in your house. So you may to, want to buy them a new one instead. The easy way to remedy it is just go into the settings of the router and just change it to N only. 
and all those with the old devices won't be able to connect, and you'll be nice and fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. All right, let's go to Terry in Dundee. Terry, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you? Hello. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call, and thanks for all the help you guys do. Hey, Terry. Sure, Terry. What can we do for you today? I have a friend who has a Windows 8.1 computer. Okay. Not more than a year old, if that. Mm-hmm. And it has been having a problem where it loses the DNS setting. Yeah. She won't mm-hmm. be able to get on the Internet. And so then I go in, and I've done this several times. I either change it to automatic Mm-hmm. Or I actually put in a primary and a secondary DNS, and that'll last for a little while. Yeah. And then the thing does it again. Mm-hmm. And I've done malware bytes on it, that, and I've not found anything, you know, bad yeah, r- right. to doing it. Right, right. So it's not a virus necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be. It could be a number of things, obviously. Um, unfortunately, with computers, you start with one thing and you start working your way and eliminating, like he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it a laptop, right? No, it's a desktop. It's a desktop. It's a desktop. Yeah, I mean, one, and it could be. A there's t- like four other computers on the network, yeah. and they don't have a problem. They don't have a problem. I mean, you know, it could be as well. It could be a, a bad uh, network card. You know, the onboard network card could be going bad. Uh, have, okay. you tr- have you tried going into say like the system properties and disabling it, wiping it out, and actually uploading a newer driver for that network card? I almost did that, but then I did not. Yeah, I mean, that's usually some of the things that we would do. Uh, Go ahead, Cal. Well, here's something I came across uh, that said that when Windows 8.1 got an update, Mm -hmm. it automatically switched you from IP4 to IP6. And oh. Some of the bugs, yeah. Some, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, and by switch, turns. and that would that would throw all that uh, the DNS and everything else off. So you may want to go in and check and make sure that you're running at IP four instead of IP six, and that might resolve the problem for you as well. Hmm. Okay. You know what else you could do? Just go ahead and upgrade to Windows ten. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, if you've yeah, got eight yeah. or eight point one, you might as well do the ten, and it might take care of the problem as well. Okay, I thought of that, but I did the upgrade on a different computer, and it mm-hmm. just hung the thing. Wouldn't download an update for a long time. It just sat there. I'm downloading an update, but it never did. So, Was it, did you have an HP? Uh, it's a Dell. It's a Dell. Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of uh, upgrades of ten, and uh, I found that some just like to hang. But you have to stick with them, and they'll eventually they'll eventually update. Um, I just make sure you have the latest updates on Windows 8.1. Before you do the Windows 10 update, at one right. point, at one point, we had some information. I'm trying to see. I think it was Cal. Was it a couple of weeks ago that we had that error mm-hmm. that people were getting when they? I think it was uh, the program was listed. It was called Windows Vista, and Windows 7 had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here we go. Uh, there was a note in that. If you go to our internetadvisor.net and look at that. Uh, podcast that was uh, titled uh, Windows Vista and Windows 7 had a baby. <laughs> the uh, Down in the second hour, we had how to fix installation error, and it's 80240020. That apparently had to do with the way you look for that setting in your downloads. I think mm-hmm. it has dollar sign is what yeah. it starts mm-hmm. with. You eliminate that, 
and then you start the download again. Something broke in the download, in other words. Yeah, fortunately, Windows fortunately Windows has that troubleshooting link uh, oh, that yeah. you just click on. It'll run an application. It'll go through and either repair or tell you what to do. Um, I found out before you upgrade to 10, the quickest and easiest thing to do is uninstall any of like, the Dell security tools or the HP security pro tools, oh. any of those proprietary Dell or HP tools. Just uninstall them in your add remove programs before you do the upgrade, and usually that makes it nice running, nice and smooth. All right. Well, there's a, there's a okay. few suggestions for you, okay? Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. You're, you're, welcome, you're welcome, Terry. Let us know how that goes for you. Let's say hello to Linda in Lincoln Park. Welcome, Linda, and how can we help you here on the Internet Advisor? Hi, guys, and happy birthday, Foster. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I have a question, and I told Shannon I wrote earlier today, so when you get my message, just disregard. I thought I could get you live and pick all your (laughs) brains at one time. Now, I had a strange thing happen to me, guys. Um, I work from home, and Mm -hmm. I have a Windows 7 Pro, um, Windows 7 Professional, Mm -hmm. um, and it's an HP laptop, and I have a backup laptop, which is identical. But I don't use it. It's it's waiting in the wings in case I ever have an issue with this one. The only time I use that computer, I go on several times a week, and I, I check for Windows updates. I do my malware bytes, and I have the paid version, and my Microsoft Security Essentials. Mm-hmm. All that's loaded on that computer, I don't use it for anything except to maintain it. All that's on it is malware bytes in, in Word 2010. Mm-hmm. Now I went on there the other day, and I have and I have an old HP laptop. It's also Windows Seven, but it's six years old, and yeah. it's missing some keys. I just keep it for photo stuff. Now I don't have them connected on a LAN. They're all they're all separate, and they all have malware bytes. Now I went on the backup laptop the other day. I turned it on, and there was no connection. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, no big deal. I'm not using it now, and maybe I'll got to go check the router. I went downstairs and all the bells and whistles, everything, the lights were all on, Mm -hmm. and the other computers worked. I tested them. So I thought it was a momentary thing, you know, Mm -hmm. a little hiccup. So the next day I go on and I get the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I re-plugged in my information, you know, my login and password for the router, Mm -hmm. which I didn't do it. I had Geek Squad do it, so it was done properly because I wouldn't have known how to do it. Okay. And, um, I did that, and I tried a couple times, and it wouldn't take. And then I got, which I didn't see the first time, um, it said, failed connect with error 651. Mm -hmm. So I Googled around for that. Oh, and I also tried, I want to make sure I tell you this, I tried on different different, um, browsers. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe it was an IE thing, and I have to use IE to to connect to work. Yeah. Okay. So I tried. I, ha- I have Chrome and Firefox. You know, I have three. have to make sure none of them. I got it. So I got this message. I Googled around, and on YouTube, I think it was more in YouTube and just Googling it looked like it was a, um, they were recommending software for a registry cleaner. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go there. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I looked in Ed's toolbox, toolkit, Okay. under... I didn't know what to look for, so I searched error 651, mm-hmm. and there was nothing there, but probably I'm searching the wrong thing. So I'm asking you, pleading with you, <laughs> what you think I should do. And huh. i got to tell you, I'm okay. a little bit computer savvy, but when I hear some of the things that you tell people for, like, doing things, Okay. I, I just freak out. I think, oh, I could never do that. Okay, Linda, hey, let's do this then. It. We're going to take a pause and see okay. if we can help you during the break, but... 
Something you should keep aware, be aware of is, as well is that you can go back and listen to our past broadcasts and go through the steps a little bit slower so that you can get some of the answers that we're giving. We'll be back to help Linda offline. And Brendan, Beverly, Bob, and Ben, we're going to try to get all the bees in. I want to thank uh, the folks, as we say, behind the glass, Shannon Maley and Eric Dorsch, who have uh, helped us with the program, producing it, and talking with you folks on the phone and getting you ready for the show. Thanks so much for the folks who have called in. And we're going to dive right back in. But before I do that, we have a brand new website, internetadvisor.net. The folks at VC Web Design did a great job of reworking it, but it's still a work in progress. So we'd like you to visit that, internetadvisor.net. And then at the bottom, there's a comment section. Please. Make your comments about what you'd like to see more of or less of. I did just get off the phone with Linda about her problem oh, before yes, okay. we went to break. Uh, I told her I would mention it really quick here so she could have it uh, and listen to our podcast later. Uh, basically, what I told her is go down to the bottom right corner where her little wireless icon is. Yes. If you right-click on it, it'll take you to the network center. Yes, that's right. And in the top left corner, there's a managed network uh, wireless adapter networks. That lists all your previous connected uh, networks that you've connected to. Gotcha. She can highlight hers at home delete it so that next time she reconnects it'll be like a fresh you know attempt i gotcha and then she can also right click on my computer and go down to properties and you'll go right to the device manager you'll, you'll see That's right. her network card listed there in that device manager wireless card i told her just go ahead and delete it and then restart the computer let it reinstall itself ah, and that might take care of the issue exactly but i told her also if there's a local computer company in the area just stop on by. They'll most likely just look at it for and tell her that stuff for free. Excellent. Excellent solutions. Thank you so much for that. That's Shane Hamlin. By the way, Comtech Services out on Shaner in, in Sterling Heights. Heights yeah. You'll find them there every, just about every day of every, the week. Every day. <laughs> He's a prisoner. Not Sunday. Brendan and Flint, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hello, Brendan. You still there? This is Brendan and Flint. Hi, Brendan. You still Hello. there? Yeah, I'm here. Are Good. You, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. sir. Now I can hear you. What's your question? Okay, sorry about that. Well, I'm a first-time caller. Good. Welcome. And, uh, and the reason I'm calling is uh, I'm in a conundrum. My friend gave me his laptop mm-hmm. to use for a couple of weeks, so I did. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I downloaded a, uh, just a simple game, like, a, like a, just a game to play on there. Mm-hmm. And one time I opened it up, and the computer, when I turned it on, said systems, uh, operating systems not found. Yeah. You know, I tried the classic Control-Alt-Delete. It just kept showing me that message. I tried all the F keys up top oh, to try dear. to put it into safe mode. Oh, no. Well, you're not getting past, you're not getting past the no system, you know, the, the no. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm not getting anything except yeah. as soon as I turn the computer on, it's a black screen. It says up in top gray letters, system, operating system not found. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, fortunately, I don't think it was you. Unless you dropped the unit, I think it just might have been random timing. It wasn't the game you downloaded. <laughs> yeah. um, basically, that's telling, that basically that's saying the computer, when it's starting in the BIOS and it's starting up, it cannot register or see that hard drive is what it's telling you. So there's a couple things. You could have just bumped it a little bit, and the little hard drive is oh, shimmied yeah. off. In There's a little connector in there that the hard drive sits in, a little SATA connector. It may have just shimmied off and gotten loose. That Good could point. be one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have a thumb drive still in the machine when you go to start it. Sometimes they like to boot from those thumb drives. Or CD. Or CD. Or uh, okay. the, the other thing that's possible, although I don't think the laptop's that old, could be a bad CMOS battery, right? Uh, it could be, but usually they're going to give you a warning that says mm-hmm. your CMOS battery mm-hmm. is going low or to replace it. Okay. Um, you know, do you have a thumb drive in the machine right now or no? 
No, I don't have. There's no CDs, no thumb drive. Yeah, no nothing in the I mean, okay. I don't think it was you downloading that game. It just could have been just a just a case where it was time for that hard drive. To the, maybe and failed. the hard the the bottom line is the hard drive is not connecting. It's not. It's okay, not being yeah, found. He said that. He said it happened before, and he said. Yeah, he said oh. his computer is old. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he also said that uh, that he thinks maybe the hard drive is full or something like that. You know, it's, uh, it's so one, old, but one yeah. other one other thing you might want to do is take the computer, plug it in, uh, and then turn it on, and then flip it over on its back and listen in the area where the hard drive is, and if it's in there going. Then it's probably a bad hard drive. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, right. you'll you'll hear it skipping almost like a, you know, like a record player would skip. Yep. Um, exactly. Uh, what you know, there's a lot of things. You or can if you do. or if you don't hear it spinning at all, if you don't hear anything goes. Yeah, because you can you can access hard drives on the bottom of a laptop really quickly. There's yes. these, a couple yeah. little screws and a little trap panel pops off. Yeah, and it may be as you said, I've had it happen before. Be it, it was just loose and it needed to be reseated if yeah. it's an old one or if the thing is old enough, it may just be that it finally died. It wasn't your download. Yeah, don't worry about it. It, it wasn't, wasn't your, your download, okay. Brandon, okay? Okay, thanks. <laughs> All right, All right you're welcome. We'll put that Poor at guy. least put a yeah. <laughs> comfort his mind at least there. Beverly from Hamtramck, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you, Beverly? Yes, how are you doing today? I'm Great. a first-time caller. Good. Okay. What can we do for you? Yes, yes. I have misplaced my master uh, operating system, which is Windows Vista. Mm-hmm. I don't lucky. know if I should just graduate and just buy Windows 7, mm-hmm. or should I go and try to find another copy of Windows Vista? And if so, where can I buy either one reasonably? Well, the big question is, why are you looking for that Vista anyway? Why am I looking for it? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Because the machine somehow is not working. Okay. Could it be possible that you didn't get a Vista CD with it, that when you bought the machine, they have what they call a restore partition on the hard drive, and, and you can just do it straight from the restore uh, partition? In other words, I can't get I can't get it to do anything when I turn it on. Yeah, okay. it doesn't. So I'm thinking tr- I need to just set everything back up let again. Me, let me ask you this: When you turn the power button on, what does it do? Nothing. Nothing. Does it? Does it power up though? Nope. Uh-huh. So there's no power at all to it. No power at all so, to could, it. So be the basi- power supply. So basically, you're going to have a CD now that you're going to find, and you're not going to be able to use it anyway because it doesn't power. Correct. It doesn't start up at all, Beverly. It doesn't start up at all. Okay. No, no lights come on or anything. No lights okay. come on. Okay. So that CD isn't going to help you, Beverly, unfortunately. Basically, what's going on, it's a power issue of some sort. Yep. Uh, your, your your adapter that you plug into the side of it to plug charge it, uh, that, yeah. could, that could be bad. Um, the how, j- how old is the machine, Beverly? Probably about... Five to seven. Now, if it's Vista, it's older than that, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, you're about okay. you're about ready to go shopping, yeah. Beverly. <laughs> yep. I'm the I'm the second owner, but it worked wonderful. Well, well it does. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it it's you know it won't last forever. Yeah. I think we would like to have them last forever, but uh, the the point is, right now is a good time if you have to go out and look for a new computer. Now is a yeah. very good time because there are a lot of back to school sales. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people are are you know turning in their computers, which are maybe a couple of years old for a brand new computer. It's a good time to go. Yeah, look it at. is a good time. It's perfect time. 
All right. Where should I go shopping? Well, you know what, Beverly? There are so many places you can go. You can find a local computer store in your neighborhood that you would like to visit and tell. And at most of those local computer stores, the small mom and pops or the privately owned, mm-hmm. um, when you bring your computer, their Vista computer, they'll look at it for you really quick there for free and say, yep, that's probably what's wrong with it. And they'll make a recommendation for you, what's best for you, I hope. And if you can put together Beverly somewhere around three hundred and fifty bucks, would I say? I say, be, uh, I say a good laptop that's going to last you a little bit, anywhere from three fifty to say five hundred. Yeah, if you can put in that, that kind no, of money. I, I have a laptop, but I want to always keep my desktop. Mm, oh, well, so was it a desktop that went bad? Yes, a desktop went bad. I yeah. have my laptop is working fine in the pro- back. That's probably then still your power supply on your desktop yeah. is bad, yeah. Yeah. which is not a bad fit. It's about a hundred, no. hundred twenty, hundred thirty dollars, or fix. even less than that. I paid or about. Less. Yeah. I paid around fifty bucks for a. Uh, um, the power supply for a desktop. If you're going to put it in yourself. If yes. you're going to put it in yourself. You yep. know, go to our website, internetadvisor.net. We've got trusted yeah. computer sites out there, uh, trusted computer stores that you can go to. And Shane's store is one of the one that's listed. I'm going to plug him. <laughs> and you may want to check him out, and he might be able to help you. All right, Beverly. E-N-E store. Well, no. you know what, Beverly? I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll give you a little more uh, advice off air before we wrap things up here. Thank you, folks. Cal and Shane, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Always thanks, a pleasure. Thanks to Gary for all the birthday cake that we've enjoyed here as well. Folks, we will be back again this coming week, and don't forget to visit internet internetadvisor.net. Sunday night, we'll have our new podcast there for you to enjoy. You've been listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find show notes for this podcast or others, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.